All right, Morgan, you know, universe, welcome to the Yeah, We Know podcast on the Morgan, you know, podcasting network. I'm Jimmy. Kevin Owens is a heel. I love it. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rod, how you doing? Well, I mean, come on. You can't be trying to steal all the heel shine on this podcast. I have basically consistently lived off of heels for five to six weeks now. Come on. You can't be stealing this from me. But KO is your boy from way back. So I suppose maybe I have to give this one to you. He literally came on and said, I'm a bad guy now. (laughs) I love it. Uh, But, Rod, listen, we've got so much jam-packed show today. And back by popular man, we have we have a special guest and cannot wait to hear what he has to say. Rod, if you could please do the introductions for us. Ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the podcast from parts unknown. You've seen him on YouTube. You've seen him on cable television. You've heard him in podcast. He's back once again. Gig Guy Warner. Hello. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Welcome back, Gig Guy. Uh, we are um, we are celebrating an amazing week for AEW. We're going to talk all about it because I know you are our AEW correspondent, if you will. Uh, so much so that you went to a live taping in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana, the very north side of Indianapolis, Indiana. Napone. Uh, I want you to walk us through um, you know the arena, the event. Have you been to that arena before? No, it's it's uh, actually great that it was on the north side. I get all stressed out driving through traffic, but it's been like a year or two, maybe three, since I've been down to Indy, so they fix all them roads. It's not so bad. But once I got to the venue, I was like, oh, man, all right, this is a nice little joint. So, Which you know, venue was it, Jimmy? Uh, it's uh, the fairgrounds where the uh, Indianapolis Ice play. Okay, it's a yeah, very, it's a nice little, very, it's nice, a nice little very nice area. Yeah. Yeah, Farmers, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So There you go. We, we pulled so walk- up, we seen all the swine pens and what have you, and I'm like, what is going on here? But then we walk up, and the Coliseum itself is pretty nice, and I guess as we're walking up, they have pictures from some of the events over the years, and I guess at one point, the Beatles must have played there, because there's a picture of Johnny, must have been mid-head shape, and his hair was all messed up and stuff, it was a pretty cool poster. So when you get up to the event, um, sometimes these these events have long lines. It's kind of hard to get into. Kind of take us through that experience. What what happened there? Well, we showed up and we found out uh, right before the show that there was a meet and greet with Pac, Ruby Soho, um, and the Dark Order, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. And we were thinking, oh, man, that'd be cool to go to. My daughters love Pac, but we got to check in the ticket prices. They're a little bit salty to just meet him. And then also later on, uh, a couple hours later, we seen a picture from one of the dudes that met Pac, and uh, Pac had his mask on the whole time. I was telling my daughters, man, if that was me, I'd have to say, hey, listen, Pac, I'm going to need you to remove the mask just for a second so I can verify it's you. 50 bucks <laughs> this thing just cost me. So, but long story <laughs> short, we get up there, and there's two lines, and we stood in the wrong line for about freaking 15 minutes or so. And then they're like, oh, hey, this is the meet and greet line. So we go over on the other side of the like the doors. There's this huge line. We're standing there. And then uh, this lady comes out, one of the ushers, and she's like, oh, well, you, you guys can't be standing here. That's close to the, to the doors. And everybody's like, well, where are we supposed to stand? Because there really wasn't a whole lot of places to stand. So we get away from the doors, you know, and we're just kind of milling about. And I'm like, hey, everyone, let's just start. Let's just start inching our way closer to the door. Everybody's looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> so we start we start inching our way closer to the door, closer and closer, closer. And anyway, the, the lady comes back out. It's like, you guys can't be standing here. And 
everybody kind of mills back again. So it's like a repeat again. I'm like, all right, hey, come on, let's do it again, everyone. This time, though, when she comes out, let's all just boo her. And everybody's like looking at me. Sure enough, the lady comes out when we all get close to the door. And <laughs> everyone in the damn crowd's like, boo, we're booing this usher or this poor lady. Her life was ruined. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then, you know, one other thing, it's like as we're waiting to get in this joint, I don't know what kind of circles you guys travel in, but in my circles, you know, it seems like there's a lot of rude, rude people nowadays. Nobody gives a darn about nothing. Not so much here. I mean, we literally had hundreds of people standing around. They were talking about how far they drove. Some people drove from, like, North Carolina. Other people drove from Ohio. Some from Illinois. And we were just all in this great vibe of just great conversations and laughter. I'd almost call them elite heads instead of dead heads. They were just traveling around following the AEW shows, man. What a life, huh? Jimmy, I got a theory on that. Jimmy, I got a theory on that. Can I can I drop my theory on that here? Sure, go ahead. Whenever you start bringing in casuals to any particular situation, that's when you're going to start bringing in a bigger jerk element, right? Whenever your team starts winning and you start bringing in the folks that didn't really want to go to the to the the shop and see them play when they were four and twelve, right? But then the year they go thirteen to three and make it to the Super Bowl, the casuals start coming around. Same thing with bands, right? When you're in on a band early, it's great. Everybody in on the band is cool because they're people who really like rock music. They got to dig in the underground crates to figure out this band in the first place. But then the minute they break big and casual will start coming around you get jerks so in this type of scenario aw smaller venue in indy you had far less casual fans of wrestling rolling up so i'm not surprised to hear everybody comported themselves well yeah i think right now it's kind of still the uh the infancy of aew you got a couple more years before really the uh the jerks come out and <laughs> the know-it-alls and things like that so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens there and you know gig guy i love the fact that everyone has a cause and your cause is to get as close to the door as possible without getting yelled at but when you do get yelled at, let's boo at the lady. I love that. Good cause. <laughs> well, and then, then we got into the to the uh, arena. We were super early. We got some random guy to take pictures of us by the ring. And, and then we're sitting there just enjoying ourselves. And we actually picked the wrong seats. And some usher had to, had to move us to our right seats. He's lucky he didn't get booed, the son of a bitch. But anyhow, we got. <laughs> Your picture was clearly going around amongst the ushers at that no point. Question. No yeah, question. Yeah, the guy in the skunk hat. I have a, I have a, literally have a three-skin skunk hat I wore to that event. <laughs> Hoping it'd bring me some walking, some talking dead luck. But no, it didn't get me on TV this round. But uh, um, anyway, we get there and we're sitting there waiting. And Justin Roberts comes out like 15 minutes early. You know, the announcer. And he sure. starts talking, going into a spiel. And reading people's signs and giving some just feel good like uh indiana facts and it was it was like literally a master of ceremonies it was so cool and then tony khan came out and they're like all right we're gonna record oh, an wow. episode of uh dark elevation which is their monday youtube show so we got like five matches of uh dark elevation while we were waiting for the show to start which aired tonight which we just watched it was a darn good show um and then Ruby Soho was on there. I don't know. You guys know she was, uh, what was her name on WWE? She was there? Ruby Wright in WWE. Oh, Ruby Wright. Yeah, she came out. And uh, funny story there. Uh, her dad was actually my boss at like about four or five jobs ago. I'm in the union. I'm an electrician. Me? Yeah, her dad was my freaking boss. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I actually hollered it at the, uh, at the event because sometimes in between moods it gets real quiet and I yelled, I work with your dad! And everybody laughed. 
<laughs> now, Gig, I'm not throwing you under the bus here, right? And you don't have to divulge any stories here, but I know there's been a time or two in your life where you've had a bit of an adversarial relationship with said boss. So the fact that you worked for her boss, would that be a good thing or a bad thing for you? No, this would this would have been a good thing because when I, once I found out who his daughter was, me and him talked wrestling for probably – a half hour instead of working. Nope, I shouldn't have said that. Erase this. Erase this. I don't want to get nobody. <laughs> you want to get fired from five jobs ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you get in. So you oh. get in. Is is the is the arena filled? Well, once the show starts, or yeah, are there a lot the, of empty seats? No. By the time uh, the the main event on Dark, which was uh, QT Marshall versus John Silver, by the time that match was started, the arena was. You know, about 95% full. I mean, it was a sellout show. And that was an awesome match. I don't know if you guys know a lot about this John Silver guy. But he, he you mark my words, he's going to be a future star in AEW. Uh, he's so fun to watch. Plus, there's a, I don't know if you guys know about, uh, there's a show on YouTube called BTE, Being the Elite, that the Young yes. Bucks run. You guys yes. know about that yes. show? Of course, yes. Yeah, well, that he's he's like a big star on that show, and that's kind of how he got popular. Is he like got popular from the YouTube show, and then they started pushing him actually on uh, AEW. It's, that's happened to a couple guys actually. So if you guys, yeah, they they did a really good job with uh, being the elite. I think so, sometimes it's even a little too corny for me, but uh, they did kill Adam Cole when he went to the uh, WWE a few I've years ago, and then they <laughs> then so they brought him back for you, Jimmy. I've got to so, see. This. I think you. I think you might love it there. So, uh, once the event started, you got to see an amazing show. Um, talk to me about seeing uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Rocky Romero wrestle. Which, who would have thought? You know, six months ago, you'd ever see that. Yeah, that was that was a great opening match. I mean, the crowd was on fire for both of them. I mean, good back and forth, just a good old fashioned wrestling match. And I'm saying it right now. Out of all these guys that have showed up recently in AEW, I mean, Brian Danielson's the the best by far because he's, think about it, he's wrestling every single week, almost every show, putting on freaking great matches. I mean, you couldn't ask for more out of a guy. Well, and that's what he wants to do. He loves to wrestle. He loves wrestling. And that's why he went to, to AEW. He even mentioned it in a couple of, of interviews where you'll have more wrestling in a, in a two-hour show of AEW than you have in five hours uh, a week of WWE. And it's it, by far you'll have that. Um, what was your favorite match of the night? Well, um, my favorite match of the night was actually a, what he called a squash match. It was Wardlow versus Wheeler Yuta, which Wheeler Yuta, he's kind of taken Trent's place in the best friends. And uh, he's just, you know, he was an AEW dark guy that they're trying to push now on the main roster, the main show. And uh, Wardlow come out and destroyed him. But I'm telling you what, Wardlow is an animal in real in real life. When you see this guy, he is seriously a, a, some, some sort of, like, ninth wonder or tenth wonder or whatever you want to say of the world this guy another prediction he's going to be another huge star in the future and they have a lot of those uh those future stars that you can just see in the making um what did your girls think of the event oh they loved it they loved it actually pack my girls were the only people in the whole arena with a pack sign they, they each had they had one of them two people signs like they hold up one and the other girl holds up another it said pack attack right and okay. at the end of his phenomenal match um, at, against Dax, uh, what is Dax Wheeler, right? Yeah, Dax Wheeler. Um, he caught at the end when it's it was Dax Hardwood. Oh, Dax yeah. Hardwood. My bad. Cash Wheeler. Yeah. 
Dax yeah. Hardwood, my bad, my bad. A lot, a lot of names in there, yeah. FTE. Well, you know FTR, what? FTR, FTR. Yeah, FTR. yeah, yeah, you're guilty now too. BTE, FTR, whatever. There's a lot, there's, listen, there are a lot of names, there are a lot of things to remember. You know what I mean? Jericho actually gave him guff uh, about a month ago. He's like, Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood. And, and who knows? I can't tell one from the other. So we're both innocent there. <laughs> Jericho endorses both our mistakes there. So we're cool. But back to that story, Pat, during commercial break, was walking back to the locker room and he seen my girls holding up their holding up their signs and he pointed right at all of us. It was so cool. Oh, that made their night. That's awesome. What a great what a great event. What a great night. All right, uh, let me ask you this, Warner. I go got to know this. Who got the biggest pop of the entire night? That building popped the loudest for what during the show? Yeah, was. A, I'd have to say it was a tie between Kenny Omega and Hangman. Both them guys are red hot right now, and it was it was definite tie, definite tie. Gotcha. What a great what a great event overall, and it really was a a, a terrific go home show. Wrapped everything up in a bow, ready to go for full gear, which some people have said, Rod, was the best pay per view. And that's a period. Best pay-per-view ever. Not AEW pay-per-view. Not WCW. Not New Japan. Not WWE. Best pay-per-view ever, Rod. Before we get into this a little bit more, can you believe that they had the best pay-per-view ever this past weekend? I mean, I can believe that a lot of people said it, but do I believe that that's absolutely the case? There's no, I mean, there's just, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about an outfit that's been around for three years versus 50 years of professional wrestling. I mean, come on. I'm not trying to attack the show because I didn't watch it, but let's, let's slow down. Okay. So I think one thing, and, and we'll get, uh, we'll get Gig Guy. <laughs> Gig Guy is chomping at the bed. He's taking notes. He's ready to go. I love Gig Guy. I love Rod. But Rod, here's the deal with AEW. WWE's matches are all the same. Every match is the same. AEW, every match is different. And let's just let's just go right out with the, with the first match on the show. Uh, Gig guy was Darby Allen, MJF. Uh, amazing, amazing matchup between the two. Oh man, back and forth. This good old fashioned wrestling. I mean, that's what MJF was like. You're gonna come out here and you're gonna be a wild man. And you're not going to wrestle me. Well, Darby come out and wrestled one hell of a first part of the match. I mean, so much so where the the first uh, the first time MJF got the advantage, the cheap shot at Darby. The ref was breaking him up after some hold, and MJF cheap shot him right in the face. And of course, the crowd was booing. But then Darby freaking comes back and uh, puts him on the outside and goes for the coffin drop. MJF rolls out of the way, and he hit him. Uh, the coffin drop, he fell right on the apron, which is the hardest part of the ring, you know? <laughs> of it, course, and we're reminded all the time. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, you know, MJF was, I mean, he was doing some great moves. He had a backbreaker in there, and uh, uh, he countered one of Darby's moves, his code red, and into a power bomb, and then he even delivered a tombstone pile driver on the apron. That I mean, did it, not look good. It, there was the coolest part of that entire match, though, I mean, the crowd loves it when there's a quick one, two, and then he kicks out and then one, two, and he reverses it. It's back and forth pins, you know. There was a there was an exchange where it was a series of uh, small packages to the point where they were like literally rolled up in a ball, and they they lapped the ring, rolled up in a ball. Both <laughs> dudes, oh, it was so. I stood up, and cheered, and laughed, and was hooting and hollering. It was, you know, back to earlier your comment, the best pay per view ever. I agree, Rod. We'll slow down a little bit there. I mean, when you're talking about WrestleManias, come on. There's that's a that's a 
lot to bite off, you know. But this was a darn good pay-per-view. And they continue to protect MJF. He gets wins. He's great on the mic. Do you think it's too soon to have him go against Hang? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. We'll, we'll just you know, Hangman won. Everyone knows Hangman won the championship. What? I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Spoiler, Jim. Man, I was is, waiting with bated breath to get there. <laughs> is, um, I'm sure you were actually. Uh, but is is it too soon to put MGF and Hangman together because good guy? Hangman needs to have a pretty decent reign here. It can't be quick, and MJF doesn't lose. So what are we doing here? Are they going to do that? They're going to go somewhere else. I think they'll do it, but it'll be a little. It'll be slower because on Rampage, which we skipped over, uh, there was a there was an exchange between Hangman and the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole was involved. And we talked about BTE a while ago. Uh, back on back years ago, that was a whole big scenario where Hangman and Adam Cole were kind of friends and not friends. And then, you know, so they, 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 they're going to be playing off that BTE. And I think that eventually we're going to get a uh, hangman page and Adam Cole match. And that is going to be a barn burner when it happens. It might take a minute to get there. Cause as you know, um, there was a number one contenders match at that pay-per-view as well. Yeah. So we have, uh, Daniel Bryan and Rusev. I mean, sorry, excuse me, Brian Danielson and Miro, fought in the number one contenders uh, tournament finals. And Brian Danielson won, and I don't think a lot of people thought that was going to happen. Another very solid match between these two, and it really does make you care about it. Rusa, or excuse me, Miro, I apologize. Um, I knew I the first time I did it, I was going to continue to do it. But You love uh, Rusev. You love Rusev. Miro's great. I mean, he's a big guy, athletic, you know, great but on the mic. But you have think for Russians in particular, you love Rusev. Well, the uh, Lana, anyway. Um, but anyway, uh, terrific match all around. Do you think Brian Danielson's the right right person to do on this uh, this number one contender here? Good guy? Yeah, I think it'll be a good start. I think it'll be a great wrestling match. And the cool thing is, I'm telling you guys, it's like, what is there, four pay-per-views a year for AEW. So yes. that leaves a lot of space to fill in between pay-per-views. And, I mean, there's... I mean, a couple times a month, you're getting pay-per-view quality matches on TNT. So That's my favorite thing about AEW, man. That Arthur Ashe show that they put together that was just on regular TV, that's great stuff. I'm never going to put that down. Well, last year, after Full Gear, uh, what was it? Kenny Omega and Moxley fought for the belt. And Moxley dropped the belt on TV to Omega. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen this time, but we're going to get a good quality pay-per-view Danielson versus... Page match in the next probably month, I'll say. And we'll have a winner, too. That's the thing that AEW gives. They don't do disqualifications. I think they've done, like, what, one? Um, I mean, they do not do disqualifications. They have a winner, which I think is great on that. Can I ask um, a Can I ask a philosophical AEW question here to you two? Because you guys just you guys have just done ten great minutes here of just solid AEW talk, and I bet everybody out there is loving it. And I'm I'm interested in it as well because I need to learn more about the league. But let me ask you this: There's a thing going on here that I don't think we ever speak about. All right, I think just by way of being in AEW right now, you get to be like two to three degrees cooler, right? And then everybody wants to just take shots at the WWE and get mad at their storytelling and pick apart their guys, so you get no better benefit from being in the bigger company but yet the minute you show up in AEW everybody thinks you're cool jimmy am i nuts um i think everyone who has come into AEW has been 
cool in in WWE, but WWE hasn't used them to their like like uh, Malachi Black, who was Aleister Black in, in in WWE. They built him great in NXT. They debuted him as a tag team with Ricochet in WWE, and then he went away for a while in a closet. Literally, that was his gimmick. And they brought him back as a number one contender and then released him two days later. So he was always cool. The fans were behind him, but WWE didn't use them. So now they're realizing that potential. Gig guy, am I am I right there or are we just, uh, you know, sheep? I, I'm going to sum it up with a meme my son sent me today, okay? I'm literally reading it verbatim right now. Okay, so you got, you got this WWE 2K22 game coming out, right? <laughs> and every we? single every single year there's a career mode. Well, listen to this year's career mode. First, you get signed to NXT. Next thing you know, you win the NXT championship. Then you get called up to Raw. Then you get a gimmick change. Then you get released. Black screen. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Mode. Career mode to be continued in the AEW game. Signed with AEW. <laughs> uh, but feud with Cody. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that's awesome but yeah rod i mean really it is it's it's wwe not realizing their potential um and uh, another, you're not and, seeing it nobody loves the institution man nobody loves the institution and that's what wwe is it's 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 an awful it's all easy to take shots at the guy on the top of the mountain right nobody loves the institution it's cool i'll play the yep breaking kayfabe i think rob broke uh, rod broke kayfabe and his computer too but we'll figure that out um <laughs> uh, what i was gonna what i was gonna say is you know, before I want to, I want to be with, run with the big dogs and, and hang out with you guys. You know, so I watched a little uh, full disclosure. Uh, Raw's on right now as we're recording this, so I sure. tried to watch a little Raw before we recorded this, just to get fired up. You know, and I, it was a literal snooze fest. I mean, I. So Rod is the conspiracy theorist here. He's going to say that I cut his mic. Because he was kind of trying to talk bad about AEW, and he would be correct in that. It's not that his computer crashed or anything like that. Um, that's why he's not in here anymore. Uh, I cut him off, right, good guy? <laughs> and thank goodness. <laughs> Something I definitely want to talk about, and uh, you know, if Rod is able to join us, that's fine. But we're going to keep going here. Is okay. Last week we talked about CM Punk has not had his match yet in AEW. And I theorize that his match is going to be against Eddie Kingston. Guess what? Jimmy was right. How hard-hitting. How hateful. How amazing was that? I mean, that, Kingston's starting off the match with a turnaround, uh, uh, what, kind of a forearm to the face, almost killed CM Punk. What a, what a great match. Yeah, he freaking backhanded him before the bell. And Punk was like, out. I mean, the ref was like trying to wake him up. and But see... The crowd, that's the great thing. Another thing that, you know, I just mentioned watching Raw. It's not just me saying it's a snooze fest. They were all sitting there, the crowd. I mean, you could hear pin drop just now. But back to that Kingston match, the minute he backhanded Punk, it's like the crowd, They Eddie Kingston owned him, and they were chanting, Eddie, Eddie. And then they just went to slugging back and forth, back and forth. Punk got busted open on the ring post. I mean, I mean it was just... Oh, was, hold up, good guy, good guy. Look who's back, Rod. Have you learned your lesson? Yes, how dare I say anything about AEW that's not just glowing loveliness, so I will step aside and allow you gentlemen to continue. But I'm just saying, nobody loves the institution. It's awfully easy to love the underdog. 
Okay, so I am sorry, gig guy, as the as the one of the co-hosts of the show here, that we were so rudely interrupted by by Rod again. But we were talking about Kingston and Punk, and Kingston and Punk had a fantastic match. Punk gets the win. Punk's getting a little bit heelish, getting a little bit going. Do you think he could be someone who could move over to the heel side? I'm not sure. He extended his hand at the end like a good face would do. He extended his hand to. Uh... Eddie Kingston, as you know, and sure. Kingston and classic, classic Kingston style was having none of it and walked off. I'll tell you, uh, before we get too far here, how great is the announcing for AEW? This whole time, it, JR was on fire. Like during that match, Kingston's up on the top rope beating the sh- crap out of Punk. And JR gives it a, this man is deranged! <laughs> <laughs> well, also, you don't get the the robotic, you have to get in all of the WWE universe, and you have to get all of this, and it's a championship opportunity match to get a championship opportunity type of thing. They just let him go instead of you know being constantly berated and yelled at in the in, in the in the headset. So why don't you just call him out really by name veterans. here, Jim? Instead of just stray shouts at Michael Cole, why don't you just call him out by name here? You're really not giving Cole enough respect. The man, so, is, the man is great. No, uh, he is, and and Mike, Michael Cole was recently on the the Pat McAfee show, and you know one of you know my idols, um, but he said it perfectly. He says, "I do what I'm told," and he's been there for how long? Because he's an actor. Okay, he is given a script, not literally, but pretty much, and he is he reads his lines and does what he's told, and he does a great job at it. Don't get me wrong. And he's got it's an just old the, man in his ear yelling at him, and we all get real nervous when old men yell at us. Exactly, we don't like when old people yell at us. So, good guy. Let's let's get to the main event of uh, of of. Hey, uh, hey, main event! You're skipping over one of the greatest matches of the night. What are you I talking know. about, Jim Jam? I know, I know. Okay, I was going to get that to that at the end because I wanted to ask you what one of your favorite matches was, but let's get to it now. Good guy, what was one of your favorite matches? The Falls Count Anywhere match. Young Bucks and, well, the Super Click, I guess it would Super be. Super Click, yeah. And Jungle Boy, Christian, and Luchasaurus. Great, great match. I mean, first off, the Young Bucks come out wearing this hot pink uniform, and as you're looking closely... They spray painted their beards and their hair pink, and it was it was just it was hilarious. And then out comes Adam Cole, and he's got his leather jacket, and it's pink too. And it was like, yeah, right, what a great start. And then next thing you know, this being a Falls Count Anywhere match, uh, Jungle Boy and Christian and Luchasaurus come out wearing the standard issue Street Fight jeans. You've seen that a million times, you know. And I mean, from start to finish, this match was all over the place. I mean. Uh, another JR quote, they've got this trash can, they're hitting everybody with the trash can back and forth, and the thing's all bent up, and JR's like, someone get rid of that damn trash can! Like, he's getting all wound up about <laughs> it, you know? That's really funny. And then also, hey, Jungle Boy got the pin, and that's something that we have not seen uh, in this in this feud. So Jungle Boy gets the pin there. You're going to have an amazing Jungle Boy Adam Cole feud, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and he got the pin... He used the good old-fashioned concerto. You guys remember that old move, right? Of course, of course, from WWE with Edge and Christian. Um, you know, a, a couple other really good matches as well. Uh, Inner Circle versus Men of the Year. Uh, uh, America's my guy. Team. Men of the Year, my guy. Um, it is exactly what it was supposed to be. Uh, Chris Jericho did a lot. There was a lot of Eddie Guerrero 
um, homages. This is uh, with the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's death, and he happened to die in Minneapolis about a mile from the arena they were in. So uh, Jericho got the one with the frog splash there that you don't see very often. Oh, I was going to say, you know what? That, that to, uh, to go back in time for one second, that was the coolest thing, one of the coolest things about my AEW Dynamite experience. When Jericho come out and the whole crowd was singing Judas, I'm telling oh, you yeah, what, the hair sure. on the back of my neck stood up and my goosebumps and everybody's just belting it out. You know, what a great song. And then stupid Lambert, Rod's guy, uh-huh. Lambert and his cohorts attacked him and robbed us of the opportunity to belt out the chorus of Judas. Wise great heel. <laughs> that is right. So Britt Baker, of course, continues uh, her run through the division. Uh, also, we had uh, Cody and Pack winning against Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. And, and uh, all these matches were great. All of them were, were, were terrific uh, on their own. They could have all been uh, main events of different shows. Uh, but the main event, Kenny Omega, Adam Hangman Page, you got to see a one-winged angel kicked out of, not the Kenny Omega one, the Adam Page one, but uh, hard-hitting, and at the very end, Page finally gets the win. That is long-term storytelling. Mr. Gig Guy, talk to me. Well, I mean, the match starts out with a deserted city. You know, they go to the graphic on the, the I don't know what I don't know what they call it in AEW. It's not the Titan Tron. What would it be, the... The uh, Jacksonville, the Jaguar Tron, the Contron, maybe Contron. <laughs> Done. Next question. No, that's it. Contron. Contravision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it, you know, it, it's this deserted city, and you see this tumbleweed fly by the street. Next thing you know, Hangman's riding the riding to the arena on a horse, you know, and he gets he comes out, and the crowd's just going crazy, crazy. And he gets to the ring, and he does a little, like, homage to, to the man upstairs. And it reminded me of, like, all the Rocky movies. He had a quick prayer, you know. And then he got back and got ready for business. And then comes Omega wearing this awesome outfit with a half cape and, you know, these black as night pants. And then it gets out to the stage, and the graphics on the on the aisle are going crazy. And the, and the contron's going off the charts. And it was just like, I mean, we stood up as a family and were cheering cheering and you know kenny rod here's a little here's a little easter egg for you kenny was sporting the civil war beard do you remember we said oh yeah (laughs) we used to want to be civil war guys back in the day if only my wife would allow me i'd have it right now you see my wife did allow it it didn't work out as well as as we would hope at least not for me (laughs) so you know, this match started out, there were some great exchanges that are hard chopping each other back and forth. And then Hot Rod's guy, Don Callis, he comes out with Kenny, you know, and he's right off the bat grabbing Kenny, grabbing Hangman's leg. And then a little bit later, he's freaking choking Hangman, which gives, you know, gave Omega the advantage. And, you know, then Hangman comes back with a great combo, great combos worth of moves. And, you know, here comes Callis again with the attack. And it's like, oh, this guy. You know, playing the perfect heel part. And the ref, of course, he, he had his back turned, didn't see any of it. You know, and then you know, good old Kenny with the Terminator. He does the old uh, homage to Terminator. You know, the And he freaking dives over the ropes. And Hangman, he, he caught him. And Hangman does the buckshot lariat. 
um, and 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 pins them in the middle of the ring. Um, there was a there was an opportunity for both young bucks to interfere. They did not, which I think is going to be a really interesting storyline to see this Wednesday. What Omega is going to say about that? Uh, but we've got a new champion. And it's kind of a new era starting in uh, in AEW. You know what's going to happen? Is Omega going to take some time off because he's had his shoulders shot? Um, so well, that's what I was going to ask what you. Did you see? Did you see? Are you seeing rumors online that he's hurt, or do you think this is a job? Oh, he's hurt. No, he's hurt. He he's definitely hurt. His shoulder is is not good. I think there was a uh, it was a report that he couldn't even really lift the bar. Uh, for you know to to bench press anything, let alone anything else. But we all you know you know that Omega's done been hurt before and, and wrestled uh, through a lot of um, a lot of major things. So that's our AEW corner gig guy. You got a few minutes to stay around for some WWE predictions. Yeah, sure. I'll hang out. I've been like I said, I've been trying to be cool and run with the big dogs. I might not be as uh, poignant as as you guys, but I'll gladly hang out for a sec. So um, first, uh, we have uh, we have some news this week. Um, it's Keith Lee versus WWE. Apparently, I wondered if you were going to be man enough to bring this up, Jimmy. Let's get of into course. it. Of course. So Keith Lee went on uh, social media and he said, "Thanks for all the positivity this week. A lot's been dropped on me." Um, and then it was one of those, you know, in note section tweets that, that you, you send out. Um, I paid all my medical bills from the many offices and machines I frequented. There's positivity in that. And I do find it amusing that people believe anyone but me paid for my medical expenses. Um, and then he went on just for another couple of things, but he considers his future limitless, of course, because he got to stay on brand as always. And I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> WWE then released a statement saying Keith Lee's recent uh, comments implying WWE failed to pay his medical bills are erroneous. WWE has an extensive health care program for the medical care of its in-ring performers. And Mr. Lee was part of the program while with the company. Should Mr. Lee have any concerns over the payment of medical bills, he is welcome to address them with WWE. Now, this is interesting because WWE does have a first of all they're not employees okay they are independent contractors so right, WWE they were raked over the coals a while back for their health coverage well yeah but WWE if you get hurt in the ring you're going to get it it's going to be paid for but if you get in a car accident or something like that you know, that's your own health care coverage you have so basically it comes down to did they count covid as getting it at work which they did because they had a couple outbreaks in, in NXT and I think on the main roster, but more in NXT. Um, you know, who's telling the truth? Who's lying? I, honestly, I, I this is what I think. I think Keith Lee had to pay a lot of medical bills. He didn't have to pay all of them because some of them were covered, but some of them weren't covered. And WWE paid the ones that they were they they were supposed to cover. I'm assuming that happened. What do you think Keith Lee's trying to gain from this, though, Jimmy? What do you think he thinks he's getting out of this by releasing that? Um, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know because he's just saying, you know, I paid all my medical bills from the many offices and machines. Fine, I Fine, good. Paid. You're supposed to pay your bills. That's what I don't get about this, right? Like, I just don't get if this is some sort of a job. He's trying to work this as heat into his next move, which is clearly going to be AW or what. But I just, I didn't for the life of me get this other than it makes you, Keith Lee, who's the proud, limitless superstar, look petty for just taking shots on the way out, man. Be better than that. Well, it also might be where... He said that, you know, hey, a positive thing that's happened, I've paid off all my bills. That's positive. You know, I mean, you know, if you got credit card debt or anything like that, hey, if I, when I pay off my credit card, if I ever pay off my credit card, you know, I'll be like, hey, I paid my bills. Awesome. I'm debt free now. He's medical debt free, I guess. So maybe that's the, the thing. Good guy. What do you think? Well, 
I listen. To you punk guys not after, buying it? <laughs> I listened to Punk after he left WWE, and he went on and on about how they were kind of, you know, telling him, "Oh, you're fine." And then they'd make him wrestle, and he was actually hurt, and he kept trying to tell him, "No, no, I'm I'm hurt. You guys, you guys, doctors are saying I'm all right. I'm telling you, I'm hurt." So I might lean towards Keith Lee's side on this one because I mean, seriously, this pandemic—you can't predict where or how or when or any of it—and Last size, if I remember your guys' uh, comment from last week, didn't they make $268 billion or million, million or whatever? Million for the quarter. <laughs> yeah, so you're telling me they can't they can't uh, afford an extra round of, I mean, whatever the medicine is. I don't know. I'm not up on these things, but come on. I mean, maybe, maybe I lean towards Keith Lee. I'm, I'm on his side. Damn you, Vince. <laughs> always always leads back to shots at the old man on this podcast damn you Vince there you go I don't know if it's going to be if it's going to be the Contron or damn you Vince is the show title I think the Contron's going to win though um, alright so we've got Survivor Series coming up uh, little do, does WWE uh, let us very know little that. fanfare very little fanfare very little this, this, this pay-per-view series, does ridiculous. not count it's another reason that Crown Jewel is Jimmy and we didn't talk enough yep. about how Crown Jewel just it really just messes everything up it does it does After because the Crown they made Jewel that two hundred million dollars because they have this stupid thing over in Dubai that pays them a bunch of money. It pays them fifty of that million, yes. So here's the thing: it was Survivor Series. They have a gimmick. You know, it used to be teams of five strive to survive, and I kind of like that because it was a throwaway pay per view. Nothing really mattered. Then it changed where they had the the tournament um, for the world championship after the. Um, you know, the, the year after the Montreal screw job. Uh, and then, th- so they had that and now they've gone to more of a, a brand versus brand champion versus champion. But this, this again, this does not matter the day after survivor series, nothing will be different than, than it happened at survivor series just for the record. Um, so let's talk about the, the matches real quick and the, let's each give our, uh, our predictions here. Sure to go wrong. We have the Raw Tag Team Champions, Randy Orton and Riddle versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. I cannot see them taking a win away from Orton and Riddle. They are so hot right now. I've got to give it to Orton and Riddle. Rod, what you say? Yeah, you can't have Jimmy or Jay Uso beating Randy Orton, right? Like, you just can't. And now, sure, if, if somehow Orton gets schmazed and he's outside of the ring, somebody's wrapping him up, whatever, he's nowhere to be found, then Riddle can absolutely get pinned by one of the cheap Uso brothers. But you cannot have future Hall of Famer, absolute second-generation legend Randy Orton getting pinned by the Uso. So you're dead right here, Jimmy. Good guy. You don't watch WWE as much as we do, so that means you know probably more than we do. Who's going to win, Orton and Riddle? RK bro or the Usos? I'm going to go with the Usos just because damn you, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we have our, okay. Our, are these, 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 okay. These, these survivor series, traditional survivor series matchups are ridiculous. First of all, half the teams were on the other brands two weeks ago. And then also we had, the teams were announced over social media, which we didn't even hit last week. Because if they're not going to give, it I won't time, let we're us. Not no, if they're no. only going to release it on social media, we're not giving it any time. But on the then you they have, then they have matches. You would typically have a match for the winner to go to the team, but now we had a match where the loser leaves the team. So why would you even do it in the first place? It's because it's WWE. But we still have uh, Bianca, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina Team Raw versus Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, Natalia and an unknown final member because uh, Leah got booted for winning a match, apparently. So um, Team Raw, Team SmackDown, 
I'm going to go with Team Raw is going to win, and I think Bianca is going to be your sole survivor uh, for Team Raw. So, Rod, who you got? You know how I know it's a pay-per-view, Jimmy? Because Carmella has been shoehorned into yet another match and tried to force down our throats that she's a big deal. So that's the first way that you know it's a pay-per-view. because Most beautiful woman in WWE, dude. No, 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 no. Okay. Listen, I, I love me some Bianca Belair, as you absolutely know, and I also love Rhea Ripley. I just think both of those are amazing female wrestlers that are just absolute workhorses, young, rising stars. So clearly, nothing good's going to happen to either of them because I'm starting to take a cue from our guest here, Good Guy Warner, because damn you, Vince. So I don't know Shotzi Blackheart's going to end up being the lone survivor. Okay, fair enough. Shotzi Blackheart from Team SmackDown is a lone survivor. You can't be wrong, dude. You never know. Good Guy, who you got? I got Team Snooze Fest. I don't know anything about it. So that's Fair enough. What I Team got. Snooze Fest wins that one. Good guy taps out on that. Uh, <laughs> we have the we have the men's <laughs> we have the men's <laughs> with Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Bobby Lashley, which by the way, built built correctly an amazing team. A lot of different variation there. Versus Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Xavier Woods, Happy Corbin, and an unknown final member because that's what happens. And if it's going to be Madcap Moss, is it not? Let's be real here. Sure. Why not? Um, I uh, Gig Guy, do you care about this one? I'm going to say Team Jeff Hardy, just because I like Jeff Hardy. All right, you think Jeff Hardy's going to win that one. Okay, Rod, who you got? Well, I mean, I think everybody knows where I'm going here. If Seth Rollins is involved in the match, I only have one rooting interest and one rooting interest only, and that is to the god Seth Rollins, the mastermind, the manipulator, edge light, many different names he's gone by, home invader, many different names he's gone by recently, but he's my guy. I'm going with Seth Rollins. All right, I'm going to go with Team SmackDown on this one. I think Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin are going to be the the survivors on this one because I think McIntyre needs to be built up. Um, to face uh, Roman Reigns here. And you know how you get built up? You get involved with my guy, Happy Corbin, Jim. That's how you do it. Because I think Rollins and and, uh, Kevin Owens are going to somehow get double counted out, and it's going to be ridiculous. Hey, so there's a missing team member. Is there a way that I could predict? Could I predict a missing team member? Could be Edge? Where's he been lately? You know, is Edge on SmackDown now? I can't remember from the draft. Yeah, No, Edge is on Raw. Yeah, he moved. Edge is yeah, on Raw. Yeah. Edge is on Raw. So it could not be Edge. But well, honestly, good guy, it could on. possibly be Edge. The rules are out the window with this company. It could be freaking anybody. The rules are out the window with this Here's company. The thing. That the Here's truth? the thing. If if it's Edge, I will not be surprised, and you will get all the credit. There you go. Uh, and then we have Champions versus Champions. We have Goldberg. States- It'll actually be Goldberg again. <laughs> United States Champion Damian Priest versus the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I think they're going to beat Nakamura again because they're idiots. Damian Priest. Uh, not that I don't like Damian Priest. Damian Priest, real good wrestler, but I think Damian Priest wins this one. Good guy. Who you got? Yeah, they're pushing Priest. He's definitely going to win that one. Rod. Well, I mean, I would worry that Damian Priest might be a little worn out from the lovely Rock 25 photo shoot that he did earlier this week with <laughs> Rhea Ripley and Matt Riddle. And- <laughs> And the new day. So, I mean, I don't know. Are we taking that into account? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> I love The Rock that much as the next guy, but come on. What were we doing? They did like a seven and a half minute video along with it, too. The riddle uh, thing was kind of hilarious. The hair was great. Oh, the ick factor was up on that one. But, yeah, no, I mean. The- <laughs> Please come back. Please come back. We want money. Anyway. I love I love me some Damien Priest, but, like, 
they got he yeah they're pushing him hard right now because you, I've I, my prediction you're starting to see the creakiness come in with old punishment Martinez right that guy's been around for a long time he's a little bit older than you think that guy's not quite as athletic as they want him to be so yeah they got to get something out of him right now so give me priest who Rod I can't remember who's the guy that comes down with Shinsuke Nakamura you mean Rick Boogs. <laughs> We have the Raw Women's Championship match, which I actually think could be a shoot fight here, which I think is going to be fantastic. Becky Lynch versus great Charlotte match. Flair. This is the match I'm excited for. You're going to get a DQ or a stupid finish. You know that, right? There's no way. It's There's Charlotte. no way in hell someone's going to pin somebody else. How often end in a straight finish, Jim? There's no way this ends in a, in, a, in, a, in a tap out or a pin. There's going to be interference from Sasha, from Bianca, from both. Um, I, They're going to beat think, the hell out of each other for a while, though, and it's going to be entertaining. Someone will bleed. That is my that is my uh, prediction here. Someone is going to bleed. I think I think Becky Lynch wins by disqualification. Rod. Yeah, I think it's got to be Becky as well. I okay. do. I think it's got to be Becky as well. As much as I love me some Charlotte Flair, and as much as I think she's the ultimate. I mean, I'm just going to borrow Randy Orton. She's the apex predator of the female wrestling game. But I think it's probably going to be Becky Lynch. Good guy. I didn't think they were allowed to bleed on WWE. What are you talking about? Oh the, well, no. I think someone's actually just going to punch somebody uh, for real, and it's going to bleed. <laughs> no one's yeah, going to hot at one gonna... another. Warner, there's been a lot of shooting going on with these two. Well, if it's a throwaway pay per view, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jimmy on this one. I'm gonna say that it's some sort of some sort of disqualification or count out or who knows. But yeah, it'll be a ripoff. Then we have WWE Champion Big E versus Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Uh, Reigns has just destroyed the New Day. Big E is angry. Rod. Biggie needs to win this match because, again, it does not count. Biggie needs to win this match to have him solidified as a champion, which means Roman Reigns will win this match, Rod. Well, see, what I think what's interesting here is, yeah, you mentioned that Roman Reigns destroyed the New Day. That's fine. But he didn't win a match by pinfall for the first time in you know, like two years or something on SmackDown, right? So, I mean, the WWE changed the script a little bit there, right? Showed a slight crack in the armor, I think, setting us up for exactly what you predicted, Jimmy. I think Big E is going to get this. I really do. Because I think if they were going to have Big E just be a quick stopover, we'd have seen an exit ramp for that highway. And I don't think we've seen that right now. So, they've definitely got to build him up. So, I'm with you. Good guy. Who you got? Big E or Roman Reigns? I just watched Big E beat the crap out of the Usos before we started this show, so I'm going with Big E. He is furious. <laughs> and speaking about furious, our uh, our uh, editors are going to be furious because we have gone an extra long uh, version. But I think we had a lot of good content in this uh, in this program. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, please tweet at us at Yeah We Know Pod. Uh, email us yeahweknowpod at gmail dot com. Good guy, give us some of your social media stuff just to plug. I just. Uh... I just got my YouTube channel, Gig Guy Warner, on YouTube, and I got oh yeah, I got Twitter at Gig Guy Warner on Twitter, and other than that, that's that's it. Has Hangman Page unblocked you yet? No, no, no. Okay, well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see if we can do something about that. Rod, what you got coming up this week on the Morgan You Knows Podcasting Network? Uh, well, the uh, the Morgan, you know, the pop culture pod is still a, a bit on hiatus, but uh, I'm trying to cook up a uh, special about cocktails 
maybe release that around Thanksgiving. That's something that people can look forward to. And you know we're going to have a Christmas special cooked up down the bend. But uh, I think we got to talk a little basketball on the uh, Balls and Brew show next week, Jimmy. I think we got basketball coming up. We got uh, maybe a little college basketball, five minutes, and then maybe about uh, seven to eight minutes on the pro game in addition to our guy Josh Williams' picks. So, uh, but look forward to uh, our guy, Gig Guy. Gig, we're going to have you back uh, from time to time, man. Nobody can uh, chop up AW quite the way you can, man. So you are welcome back anytime. All right, fellas. Well, hey, you got my phone number. Just give me a call and uh, we'll talk turkey. Sounds good to me. You have been listening to the Yeah We Know podcast, part of the Morgan You Know podcasting network. You're in the ring with Jimmy and Hot Rod. That's right. I don't know how hot I was this week because I did not watch the AEW pay-per-view or the AEW show in Indianapolis, but I'm about to watch the Raw that takes place in Indianapolis, and I am excited to get back on the wrestling chain, the wrestling chain, the wrestling train, so that I can be the proper (laughs) wrestling podcaster all you glorious fans out there in podcast land need. Ladies and gentlemen, please boo this man. He just admitted he missed the pay-per-view. Boo!